Welcome to another Books and Culture podcast with Books and Culture's editor, John Wilson. I'm Stan Guthrie, and today John will be looking at a literary newsletter with a twist. It's web-based. This is Proof Rock, but we're also going to be talking about, you might say, the state of literary journalism, what Proof Rock in particular tells us about it. Proof Rock is run by Micah Maddox, who's a professor at Houston Baptist University. He and his family live in North Carolina, and he teaches his classes online. He's written for Books and Culture. He reviews regularly for the Wall Street Journal. Over a year ago, he started this newsletter, which you can subscribe to for free by email, and it comes out each weekday. You know, he must get up at about 4 o'clock or 3.30 in the morning. I'm, I'm serious because he scans all kinds of publications. And then each day you get an email that has a menu of things that he has selected. And there's a little teaser. So it'll say reviews and news, Napoleon's End, against footnotes. Authors United gets pretentious in a letter to Amazon's board, the story of four undercover women in the Civil War, Natty Bumpo, Soviet folk hero. (laughs) And then there's a deservedly critical review of Steven Pinker's style guide. There's a entry on Boswell's journalism and how Boswell, when he wasn't writing about Samuel Johnson, he liked to go to public hangings. (laughs) <laughs> and he wrote, okay. wrote about them. I wasn't uh, expecting that, John. The Russian <laughs> Autocrat's Eternal Return, College's Religious Cliff. I'm not even reading all of them. And then there's an essay of the day, which in this case is by Theodore Dalrymple, who's a doctor, a physician in the United Kingdom, and a very interesting man who writes about all kinds of things. In this case, he's writing about Hamlet. There's a larger extract from that piece, the essay of the day. Then there's an image, a poem, and then a feature called What You'll Be Reading Next Week. Hmm. Now, this particular daily newsletter that I got just this morning is prefaced with a little note that says, many of you have subscribed to Proof Rock for over a year. Some of you just signed up yesterday. However long you've been a reader, I hope you've enjoyed the mix of reviews and essays, daily image and poem, and occasional literary commentary. And you can see there that literary is very broadly construed. In the menu, there's heavy literary fare, but there's also cultural items of all kinds. Proof Rock is the only conservative literary newsletter. It connects smart readers with smart writers on topics of lasting value. And it's free thanks to the generous support of the American conservative But in today's publishing world, it's harder and harder to produce projects like Proofrock for free. If you have enjoyed Proofrock, consider showing your support by making a one-time donation to the American Conservative. Even $5 would help assure the future of Proofrock and contribute to conservative engagement with arts and literature. I should tell you two things. First of all, you know from other conversations we've had over the years that I really don't like labels like conservative... And to be honest, there's a lot of stuff in the American conservative, which is the umbrella under which Proof Rock operates, that I don't like at all. On the other hand, I love what Proof Rock does, and I'm going to go ahead and respond to Micah's call 
for support because I want Proofrock to continue. What interests me about this is not just the specific case of Proofrock, which I absolutely love, and I just hope Micah can keep doing it and won't burn out too soon, though if he does, no one could blame him. But it also says something interesting about the state of journalism and literary journalism in particular right at this moment. On the one hand, there's much to be dismayed about. I have many friends, as you know, who are my age or, say, within 10 years younger, who have lost their jobs. And they're never going to get a job like the job they had. So there are lots of worthy publications that have gone under. Books and Culture, about a year ago, survived a threat. And any publication of our kind right now is always operating in a climate of uncertainty. And there are all kinds of things about the current state of publishing that you can wring your hands about, the cheapening of discourse. You know, the web didn't invent, but it's exacerbated, all of those things. On the other hand, there's a lot of really good stuff going on. And Proofrock is a perfect example of that. It's something that the new technology makes available so that you have this wonderful menu laid out before you each morning. And I've said to Mike a number of times, I get with the newsletter and I wish I didn't have any work to do. I mean, in a way, some of it is my work. You know, reading, keeping up with this stuff is my work. But I don't have time ever to just sit and read all the items right then. And I often print some out and take them home. And then there's some I can't resist and I'll just read right on the spot. So on the one hand, there are lots of good things happening like Proofrock, and they come from many different places and the ideological spectrum, and they have many different emphases. But, as Micah says in his little note today, there is a problem of how do you support these (laughs) enterprises? It's something that, obviously, to a certain extent, readers will vote with their MasterCard or Visa. This is one venture that I think is very much worth supporting. I hope, I suspect that a lot of people who listen to these podcasts have never looked at Proofrock. I would imagine it's only a relatively few who have, and I hope everyone who listens will check it out. It won't be everybody's cup of tea, but I think many people will find that this is a terrific thing to add to your reading and that rarely will a day pass that you won't find at least one piece that you're really delighted to have been pointed to. I think we need to kind of reorient ourselves and how we support these things. I mean, in years past, you might have one or two newspaper subscriptions, two or three magazines, those kind of things. A lot of those things, unfortunately, I'm a journalism major. I used to work at a newspaper. Right. Those things have gone away. The paper that I started at is no longer with us. But we allocated a certain number of dollars for media consumption. Right. And now with the web, we've kind of got into this very bad habit of seeing it all as free. Yeah. And a lot of the web is free, but maybe we need to think about the fact that, you know, in our donations, in our charitable giving, if you will, there needs to be at least some little section that goes to these kinds of things, because if we don't do it, they will disappear. We've seen it over and over in the last decade or so anyway. Amen, Stan. That's absolutely right. Now, let me ask you another thing, since I probably should have asked you this at the beginning of our conversation, and that is, what does Proofrock mean? Ha! Well, <laughs> Proofrock alludes to the title of T.S. Eliot's 
poem, The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock. And <laughs> okay. it's I've just exposed my ignorance, but go oh, ahead. Oh, no, 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 that's, that's okay. <laughs> and it's a name that is memorable, is funny, has strong literary associations, but because of the fact that it's a sort of funny name, it doesn't feel pretentious. And I think, I've never talked with Mike about that, but I suspect that part of the reason he chose it was he wanted something that suggested strong literary associations, but not something that seemed snutty. And Proofrock fills the bill. <laughs> okay, thanks, John. All right. <laughs>